Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Beers and Breakevens, brought to you by the Beer of Sport, Bloke in a Bar. Go out, grab yourself a carton this week. More merchandise uh, up on the website this week as well, I believe. Uh, these shirts here, unreal stuff. So go and grab some of those. Grab a carton this weekend. Bit of a change-up today. Uh, my co-host, Timmy Williams, uh, the Paddle Pop Lion, he's not here this week. He's going to be away for about two weeks or so. He's got a bit going on uh, family-wise, Timmy, so we wish him and uh, his family all the very best during this tough time, and we look forward to him returning in a couple of weeks. But the show must go on. Supercoach doesn't stop, so we will still continue. We'll go into today, go through my score on the weekend, how my ranking's looking, how Timmy's rank's looking. We've also got Matty here. I'll bring him in in a second to share some wisdom on how his Supercoach season is going. And then we have got... All of our teamless news. There's a bit happening in teamless, so we'll go through each game there, talk about the ins and the outs. Some of them will affect cat classics, some will affect drafts. We'll go through all of those, and then we'll get stuck into some of your questions. We've got five or six questions sent in by you guys that we'll rip into there. I'll give my opinion. I've also got a couple of notes uh, from Timmy back home that he sent in to give you his opinion, and some of our opinions we differ this week, so very interesting. And then we'll finish off with me going through uh, some captain choices this weekend. It's going to be really tough. We're hearing that. There will be a bit of rain around this weekend, so that will definitely impact all of our decisions that we need to make this weekend. But we'll go through all of those today. We'll kick off, first of all, uh, my score from the weekend, 1,163. Uh, I was pretty happy with that, all things considered. I don't have Nico Hines yet, so I don't think I'm going to get him. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but he was the top scorer, I believe, with 124. So a pretty good knock there. I know a lot of people VC'd him. I went Pappy. Uh, still got a good score. I was happy with that. So 1,163 for me. Ranked at about 20,000 or so. And uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Never been great at sprints, which probably won't shock you. Timmy, uh, he scored 1,093, uh, so his rank is 28,463. I'm going to enjoy uh, that little gap, 8,000-person gap between me and Timmy because I know that he will rope me in very quickly, and I could be 100,000 behind him very soon. Uh, we've got Matty the Waterboy here. Matty, what's going on, brother? What is going on, Guru? Uh, another great week. Well, sorry, the first good week of the year after the Rabbitohs got a big win. How good. They're on the board. Welcome oh, to the season. I know. And speaking of on the board, I'm finally on the board after cracking 1,000 for the first time this year. I got, I just trickled past on 1,002. So I'm oh, not, I'm we'll not, take that. I'm not too uh, disappointed with that. But I did bring in Nico Hines this week and made him my vice captain. So that was that was good. Did you take his vice captain score? Yes, yes. Sean, thank you to Sean Russell, who was my captain this week. <laughs> Sean Russell, ever reliable. Yeah, I was pretty rattled when I was sitting at the pub, blind drunk, watching Nico Hines stack points in a fucking tsunami. 
just thinking, how on earth did this happen? But thankfully, Pappy got me out of jail there. Now, of course, this year we've got the beers and break-evens group. I think we've got about 3,000 people in there. It doesn't actually tell me. I've got to scroll all the way to the bottom, and uh, I don't have time for that shit. But there's a heap of people in there. Uh, and we've got the top five this week. Remember, at the end of the season, the winner takes home $2,000. The overall winner, uh, we're not here to fuck spiders, so the winner takes it all. Leading at the moment, we've got Go Banana. Uh, Go Banana is sixth overall in the entire Supercoach out of 130,000. It's obviously first in our group. Bit of a rogue team in this one too. Uh, Dylan Edwards, Gagai, Kelly, Luai, Api Curacao. So a couple of uh, random picks there, but they have gone very well to start the season. In second place is Mars Attack, ranked 131st overall. Backfence Bunties, 152 overall, is sitting in third place. Fourth, we've got Steve Macker, who's sitting at 168th overall. And then we've got Come on, obviously a Hello Sports fan there sitting at 193 overall and fifth in our comp. So the top five there in the 200 overall and we've got the sixth overall as it stands. So really good start for Go Banana there. Fingers crossed they can hold on to it. Let's dive into the team lists uh, that have just dropped this afternoon. Thursday night, we've got the Gold Coast Titans taking on the West Tigers. Uh, Jaden Campbell is out of this one. Uh, got a rib injury here. Jermaine Osako, he will come in and play fullback his first game for the Gold Coast Titans. So we wish Jermaine all the very best there. Uh, Philip Sami's out in this one. Corey Thompson comes in on the wing there. For the Tigers, a couple of outs. Uh, Stafford Toa, Stefano are out. Jimmy, uh, Kemamalo, and Tuolagi comes back in. Tuolagi, probably the most relevant one as far as us, our super coach teams go. Uh, he'll be in the second row. They have got uh, Garner on the bench, so a bit of risk there. I don't have Tuolagi personally, so it's not uh, a headache that I'm going to have to deal with. Friday night, we've got the Sharkies taking on the Newcastle Knights at 6 p.m., you get, this one just stinks of a game that they planned a couple of months ago, and now both teams are absolute weapons. They'll be filthy that it's at 6pm. Uh, Teague Wilden comes back in for the Sharkies. Sivitalikai is named at centre. Connor Tracy is out. Ikevalu is out. And Molotalo returns on the wing. The Newcastle Knights, two. Well, one huge in. Kalen Ponga named at fullback. Has been named at fullback the last few weeks, so we will see if he actually does play there or not. And then we've got Brody Jones who comes in for the suspended Mitch Barnett. Barnett and Tex Hoy out of that side. Tex Hoy had a great game on the weekend, but if KP is fit, come straight into this side. The late game on Friday night, and probably the biggest story of the week, Supercoach-wise, Nathan Cleary in for his first game. We've also got James Fisher-Harris and Liam Martin on the extended bench there. South Sydney, they are 1-17. However, uh, keep an eye on Blake Taff. He's been named on the extended bench. I wouldn't be surprised to see him come into this side, maybe not this week, but over the next few weeks as a 14. Coming off their big win against the Chooks last week, I can't see too many changes for the Bunnies. Saturday afternoon, we've got the New Zealand Warriors taking on the Brisbane Broncos. No huge changes to these sides. Sean Johnson's named on the extended bench for the Warriors. I was just joking with Matty before that Nathan Brown might have got kidnapped. He's named the same fucking 17 two weeks in a row. Unheard of. For the Broncos, uh, Capewell, he's on the extended bench. Uh, he's carrying a- an injury this week. Ryan James, he shifts to start in the front row with Paliasia in the second row there. Uh, the 5.30 game, the Manly Seagulls, they are 1-7 off the back of their W against the Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, it should be noted on their extended bench, they have still got Cooler and Josh Alloyer there. A lot of rumours circulating this week that Morgan Harper would potentially drop out of this side for Cooler. Looks like Harper has held on to his spot, but 
with one more poor game, I think you'll see a change pretty quickly. Unfortunately for Harper, he marks up again against Matty Tomoko this week. So that'll be a huge test for him. Uh, the Raiders, Sebastian Chris, Sebastian Chris is out. And Nick Kotrick returns on the wing for Canberra. Uh, the Roosters, they are 1-17 as they were last week. Angus Crichton still on the bench. So kicking the dick for Supercoach players there. We'll talk about that soon though. And the North Queensland Cowboys off the back of their big, big win against big brother Brisbane Broncos. They are 1-17 as well. Sunday afternoon, we've got the Melbourne Storm taking on the Canterbury Bulldogs for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, you've got Xavier Coates, he returns into this side, and it is worth noting that Brandon Smith, he's in jersey 14. Bit of a worry for Harry Grant owners like myself. Uh, cheese in the 14, Harry Grant coming off COVID, we don't know if he's going to be 100%. So it's a bit of a stinger for Harry Grant owners, also for Josh King owners potentially as well. But we'll get to that soon. For the Canterbury Bulldogs, Jack Hetherington, unfortunately his season uh, has come to a close. He's been ruled out for for the year. Uh, Corey Waddell will start. He's been starting there most weeks anyway, so he will lock a spot in there. You'll also see uh, Tavita Pango Jr. start on that edge where I, I think that's probably where he should be anyway. Uh, Wakeham, he retains his spot in the seven jersey. Jake Avrilo not on the bench. He's on the extended bench there. So Wakeham looks like that jersey is his big test for him taking on the Melbourne Storm this week from Amy Park. Uh, the last game of the week, Sunday afternoon, the Parramatta Eels pretty much 1-17. to A few changes on the bench. Ryan Madison, Bryce Cartwright, return for the Dragons. Couple of changes here. Jaden Sewer out. Jack Goz, he gets a bait in the second row. Worth noting on the extended bench, George Burgess, but you've also got Andrew McCulloch. So at the moment, they've got Mozambique starting in the nine jersey. Keep an eye on late mail, though. If Andrew McCulloch is fit, you would have to assume uh, he walks straight into this side. Now, as I said before, we have got some questions that have been sent in from you guys. I've got five or six questions here. We'll go through them. We'll have a yarn about them. I'll give my opinion. Obviously, I wish I had Timmy next to me. He's the brains of uh, the podcast here, but we have got a couple of uh, emails that have been sent in from Timmy with his opinions and stuff. So we'll get to those as well. But the first question comes from Hinkers. He says, what do we do with AFB? Adam Fanua Blake, he's in my team. I'm actually trading him out this week. Now, when you look at AFB, B. Uh, hasn't been an overly impressive start to the season. I thought in the trials he looked unreal. I was very, very excited about him this season. But the scores to give of the season, they haven't been great. Uh, 51-62. Last week he came up with 41. Now, it's worth noting... In the first two weeks, he played less minutes than he did this week. He also had a line break in both those games. So round one, a score of 51 with a line break. Round two, a score of 62 with a line break. Uh, Last week, he only scored 41, and he played 60 minutes, which is the most minutes that he has played so far this year. He's he's valued at 500K, so with these sort of scores, you're not going to lose a heap of money, but... For me, if he can play 60 minutes and pump out a 41 without any attacking stats, it's it's a bit of a worry for me. You want more out of your starting front rowers, especially when there is money to be made elsewhere in guys like Max King and Josh King, these sort of guys. So for me, I'm going to be selling Adam Fanua Blake. I was very high on him, but I'm happy to fall on my sword uh, for this one. I'm going to use that money elsewhere to go to a gun seven, not named Nico Hines. Uh, so we'll get to that very soon. But for me, I'm going to sell AFB if, you know, at the end of the day, if you were to hold him, I don't think it's a huge issue. You might lose a little bit of coin, but we know what AFB is like. Any given week, he can pump out an 80 with a couple of attacking stats. So back your gut feel in there, get a vibe for it. 
and back yourself in. I'm trading him out, though. Uh, I mean, it, it also is just the reality that the front row forwards suck. Uh, there's just nothing doing there this year. I'm going to run with Josh King and Max King for the next few weeks. Josh King, as I said, when, when Brandon Smith was named, that's a bit of a stinger, but I still think he'll score well. We're going to talk about him more later. Max King played some reduced minutes last week. I think this Jack Hetherington injury will actually help him. I think he'll return to being a 50-point guy, which you can get for half the price that you're paying for AFB with more money to gain there. Uh, Payne Haas, obviously people were very high on him off the back of week one. I think he scored 60-odd on the weekend again. So, And playing that 60 minutes, not that 70-minute role, which does hurt him. I'm going to leave Payne Haas for now. I think I'll get back to him a little bit later. It's hard work on your own, Matty. I'll tell you that much for free. Good God. I think he scored 60-odd on the weekend again. So, And playing that 60 minutes, not that 70-minute role, which does hurt him. I'm going to leave Payne Haas for now. I think I'll get back to him a little bit later. It's hard work on your own, Matty. I'll tell you that much for free. Good God. Okay, our next question. This one comes from Callum. Really interesting one here. Prioritise cash grabs like King and Furmore or performing guns like Hines and Murray. Now, this one's really tough because... This season, we obviously have a lot of prices that are a lot higher than what they probably should be. A lot of guys are overpriced, so it makes it difficult to work out where your balance is. And to be honest with you, uh, I think we're only going to know the answer to this question in hindsight. We're probably going to know the answer to this in 15 or 16 weeks. For me, I'm looking to have a bit more balance. I'm not going you know, really heavy on the cash grabs. I'm not going really heavy on the performing guys. I mean, as I've already said, I'm leaving a guy like Hines. Might come back to bite me in the ass later. I I'm going to go in the direction of of Nathan Cleary. I'm going to zag when others zig, zig when others zag, whatever the hell the saying is. Uh, Cam Murray, I know a lot of people are buying him this week. Personally, I thought that was the best game of Cam Murray's career. I'm not sure if he can keep it going at that rate. Um, I'm not a guy to bet against Cam Murray, but I really do think that was the absolute performance of his career so far against the Sydney Roosters off the back of being benched last week. I still think he'll score well, but I don't think he's in for 100-point scores regularly. So for me, I'm going for a balance. I'm not going too heavy on either. Uh, I've already got a lot of the cash guys that are already in my team. I'm going to go with Nathan Cleary. He's sort of my gamble, so I'm probably a little bit different to most. Um, Our mail from Tim... So Tim says, building squad value is super important with everyone overpriced. Cash generation is priority number one. Short term may cost points, but should be beneficial later down the track. So Timmy is going quite heavy on the make cash now and it'll pay dividends later. I'm a little bit more balanced in my thinking. Uh, If I had to back one of us in, I'd definitely go Timmy, but I'll leave that up to you. All right, our next question comes from Junior Glover. He says, is it too late to the Josh King party? For me, I don't think it is. Uh, Ideally, you want to be on it from the very start, but he had a really big performance last week, had a try assist to Brandon Smith, I believe it was. Uh, Looked really good. He's got the backing of Craig Bellamy. Seeing Brandon Smith named in the 14, I was hoping he wasn't going to be named this week. He has been named there. Whether he plays or not still remains to be seen, but if he does play... Just from my own personal experience from when I've had COVID, if I was Harry Grant, I don't know if I'd be playing 80 minutes straight away. They are playing the Canterbury Bulldogs. I'm tipping uh, the Melbourne Storm win this one and they win well, uh, despite how good Canterbury have looked. So for me, I wouldn't be surprised if Brandon Smith spends time at nine instead of time at 13. So Josh King, I think there is a lot more money to be made here, probably 100 to 150K. Uh, So I don't think it's too late. You're definitely not on time. You're a little bit late to the party, but I don't think it is too late. Now what Timmy says, 
says. Provided he is starting, which he is, uh, it's definitely not too too late. With a negative 34 break-even, he has great job security and has Bellamy's backing. What about that, Matty? The genius, he agrees with me. Can you believe it? The SC Playbook Podcast has teamed up with proud sponsors Pat and George from Mortgage Choice Sutherland, Cronulla and Wollongong this season. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the last rate for your refinance, give them a call on 9521 1611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. All right, this is where it gets interesting, and this is where I want Maddie's opinion too. Great question here, and probably the most popular question. Uh, I took Dylan's one here. If we can afford Nathan Cleary, do we buy him now or wait for a price drop? Now, for me, I'm going a little bit rogue here. I'm going to bring Nathan Cleary in. He's currently priced at 950k, which is a fair whack of coin. That is, of course, based on his average last season, which was 108. Now, we've seen Tom Trevojevic drop significantly down from his fucking 100 and a million average last year. For me, I'm a little bit more interested in Nathan Cleary. Um the thing that worries a lot of people is that he plays South Sydney this week. Now, as far as South Sydney goes this year, they haven't been anywhere near as impressive as what they could be. They bounced back with a good win last week. But, Matty, you can talk more about it. Even when South Sydney weren't playing overly well, they weren't conceding many points, which is the worry. What are your thoughts? Well, that's the thing. South have conceded 11 points, 15 points, and 16 points this year so far. Also, Clear is coming back from the same surgery, Cam Murray. Uh, the Cam Murray had, and he was—he didn't have his best game in round one. I, I'm not saying whether or not to put him in super coach because I got no fucking idea. Yeah, but, but okay, I will make a call. Don't bring him in. <laughs> no, no. Um, look, it's Nathan Cleary, right? So he could come out and set the world on fire. But I, I would be hesitant to bring him in purely because of that shoulder injury that that that's, that Cam Murray uh, also had. That and he obviously. Sorry, I'm choking on my words here. And he obviously started the season pretty slowly. So I'm just going just purely based on that. And look, that is really hard to argue with, to be honest with you. And I'll leave my opinion for now. I'll give you Tim's because he sort of backs in Matt's, as I'm sure the vast majority of people do. Timmy says, definitely wait and see. Going early achieves nothing. Uh, There's nothing to suggest that he isn't overpriced. Wait and see in two weeks' time. Now, I completely understand that argument. I get it 100%. I'm not going to push back on it too heavily. I'm going to buy Nathan Cleary this week. And I'll just give you a little bit of reasoning. I am obviously a bit of a punter. I like to go a little bit different at times. Uh, Normally bites me in the ass. But I look at Nathan Cleary and I look at the Penrith Panthers. For me, I think they're the best team in this competition as it stands right now. They're missing half their footy side. They're missing the best player in the world, in my opinion. Nathan Cleary, he walks back into this side. I look at all the points they've been scoring with Sean O'Sullivan. And for me... I think they can get better. He's obviously going to walk in and take the goal-kicking straight away. When I look at the Penrith Panthers over the first few weeks, they've played three games. Stephen Crichton's been the goal-kicker. He's kicked 13 goals, so and he's kicking at 70%. So he's had about 16 or 17 shots at goal. Cleary kicks around the 80%, 85% sort of mark. So for me, straight away, Cleary walks onto that field. Personally, I think the Panthers will get more – that he will get more opportunities to kick goals. I think they'll score more points. It's a pretty good draw over the next few weeks. Uh, they – play the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they play the Canterbury Bulldogs, the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Titans. Now, the South Sydney game is a hard matchup. I'm, I'm not doubting that whatsoever, but just want to throw some numbers at you. 
Now, of course, his 950K price tag is based at his 108 average from last year, yeah, which potentially could be inflated, more than likely is. And I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, we'll wait until he loses a heap of cash over the next two or three weeks, like Tom Trevojevic did. I'm not overly convinced he's going to lose that much cash. Here's why. Over the last two years, since the Penrith Panthers have become this barnstorming powerhouse that we know them as now, against these five teams, here's his averages. Against South Sydney, he averages 125 points over the last two seasons. Against the Canterbury Bulldogs, he only averages 65, which blew me away. Against the Broncos, he averages 99. Against the Raiders, he averages 82. And against the Titans, he averages 138 over the last two seasons. Now, when you work all those games out and you average them out across all those games, some of those teams he played once, some of them he played twice, some of them he played three times, the numbers end up being that he averages 100 points against those sides. Personally, I think the Panthers are attacking better now than what they have been since 2020. I think they're attacking right now better than what they were at any point in 2021, to be honest with you. Once they put these guys back in, they also get James Fisher-Harris back. I really do think this team could do very well. Now, when you have a look at Nathan Cleary over the last two years, when he returns from a spell, and this is going well against what Matty said, which makes complete sense, that shoulder injury, we saw Cam Murray come back slow. When you see Nathan Cleary come back from, whether it's an origin camp, whether it's an injury, suspension, whatever it is, these are his four scores uh, when he returns from a spell. 103, 103, 140. 82. Uh, That's obviously last year, so if you want to argue with me that those scores are inflated, I won't push back on you. That's fine. But across those four games, he averaged 107 points, which is not far off your 108 average. If you don't go with him this week, I completely understand that. I think the week after with that good run, Canterbury, Broncos, Raiders, Titans. Uh, Outside of Canterbury, all those teams have conceded pretty decent points this year. We just saw the Raiders against the Cowboys concede an absolute shitload. We just saw the Titans concede 24 points to the same team that conceded a heap of points the week before on the weekend. We've seen the Broncos' defense on the weekend against the Cowboys. Personally, I think there's a really fair argument for Nathan Cleary over the next few weeks. A bit of a pod move, and I'm stoked that Timmy disagrees. I'm stoked that Matty disagrees. I think he's going to be a real pod move, and I'm happy to take the gamble. But it means that I'm going without Nico Hines, which scares the living shit out of me. I don't mind his run over the next few weeks. He plays the Newcastle Knights this weekend, uh, who I personally think he might go a little bit quieter than what people are anticipating. I really like the Newcastle Knights defense, despite all the shit that I've dribbled over the last six months. Let's move to our next question. This one comes from Liam, Liam Zamet. Thank you for your question, Liam. He says, do we sell Angus Crichton? Now, we saw in team list earlier today that Angus Crichton, he has been named on the bench as he was last week. Tilly Tupanua, he will start in the back row with Nat Butcher. For me, I think Nat Butcher is close to lock that spot down. Tilly Tupanua, on the other hand, his defense was pretty woeful last week. I've got him in draft. I had him in classic. I've actually just sold him because it scared the shit out of me too much last week, how many missed tackles there were. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a late change. You see Angus come in. But for me, I'm glad I don't have to deal with this issue. If I had Angus Crichton, I was sitting here right now and there was no mail before the weekend that he was going to start. I think you have to sell him. He played 36 minutes on the weekend. He scored 34 points against South Sydney, uh, a game that you would assume Angus Crichton would be up for. Very, very disappointing performance. Gave away a couple of penalties as well, which I'm sure 
wouldn't have the coach overly happy. Uh, I yeah, I, I just I can't do the Angus Crichton train. I haven't had him at all this year. I think down the track there's a time where I could have him, but as long as he's on the bench. I, I just think it's too much of a worry. Uh, from Tim, he says, if bench, definitely. Uh, if starts, if he starts, he's tempted to save trades with the Chook soft draw. And this is where Angus could get interesting. They have got a pretty good draw coming up. Uh, but this is where a guy like Satili Tupanua, who can be a bit of a flat track bully, where he can really excel over the next few weeks as well, which could make it really hard for Angus. You know what you're going to get out of Nat Butcher week in, week out. So you're waiting to see what Robbo does. He's now got COVID. He's going to be down for the weekend. So wait and see how the Roosters do line up. But for me, if they, if he played on the bench last week, I can't see Robbo changing it up again. He's already moved his back rowers to opposite sides. He's then benched Angus Crichton. I just can't see him making too many changes this early. I think this weekend he comes off the bench. And for me, if he knocks out another 30 for you, uh, that's an absolute train wreck and you're going to lose more money off Angus Crichton. So I'd be moving away from him. Our last question comes from Nick. Just said, Tony Staggs, question mark. And this is the same question I've been asking on Supercoach apps, betting apps, you fucking name it, all season. Absolute nightmare so far. Look, Katoni Staggs, I, on the weekend, I would say that he had the worst game I've ever seen him play. Uh, I think that's a really fair shout. He had 10 touches of the football. He missed five tackles and he had four errors. Scored 35 Supercoach points. Um, considering how bad that was, 10 touches of the football, that's all he had. Five missed tackles, four errors. All things considered, to score 35, that's a modern-day miracle. For me, he is not far off putting it together. you got to remember, in that game, there's a moment where he sort of makes a break. He looks for Adam Reynolds on the inside. If he lands that pass, all of a sudden, he scores 55, and we're not even having the, the, this discussion this week. That's only from 10 touches. The thing that gives me a little bit of confidence, and obviously I'm a little bit brainwashed from sitting next to Kempe for six and a half hours the other day hearing him talk about Stags, but the back end of that game... You could tell Katoni Staggs was pissed off. He was filthy. He was coming up, trying to put some shots on, trying to get himself back into the game. I feel like the New Zealand Warriors, with all due respect to them, they might have arrived at the perfect time for Katoni Staggs. So I'm going to give him one more week, see how he goes against the Warriors. If he doesn't go looking for the ball... If he doesn't score any points, I mean, I'll be forced into a trade there. But for me, I'm holding on to stage. I know a lot of people are jumping off him, and I completely understand it. I get it. But I'll tell you what, once he scores that first try, there will be a heap to come. And when you consider last week, he was one pass away from giving it to Adam Reynolds. You consider the week before, if he didn't have feet growing off his arms, he would have scored that try where Reynolds threw it through, through, the, through his legs. I mean, all these really shit scores turn into pretty decent scores. And then Katoni grabs confidence very quickly in little sliding doors moments. There was a heap in the first game against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I'm sure, Matty, you, you can probably touch on that. Every time Katoni got the ball, it looked like there was an opportunity, but he just couldn't finish it every time. That's yeah. That's pretty much exactly what happened. He had a, he had a few errors, a lot, a lot of errors down that side actually. But I don't know. Like with Katoni, like you got to remember, he hasn't played fo- a lot of footy in the last couple of years. So I reckon he'll get it together one game, and then he'll be flying for the rest of the year. He's, he's a real confidence guy. Once he once he starts to score points, I think they're they're, they're going to flow like crazy. So I'm holding on to Stags. Um, I know it's not a question, but Selwyn Cobbo is another one that I'm a little bit more worried about. I wouldn't be surprised to see Selwyn spend some time in Reggie's over the next few weeks, which is probably uh, harsh on him, but I just wouldn't be surprised to see that change coming. Uh, But yeah, Stags, I'm holding. Selwyn, I've got him in my team too. I'm going to hold him for now. Uh, But yeah, I I, I mean, the reality is once Katoni clicks, 
Selwyn will probably click as well. And then all of a sudden, you'll start to get a real role in that Broncos edge. And these are guys that could then become pot options because so many people are selling them. Uh, fills me with confidence as well that Tim agrees. But uh, like myself, he's been on the Katoni bandwagon for a very long time. So we could be a little bit biased there. As you all know, I've got Katoni in my draft team as well. Talked him up all off-season, so could be biased. But I really don't think he's that far away from putting it together. Now, before we wrap up, we will go through our captains heading into round four. Really interesting week. And I've got about five or six names that stand out to me. The first one is David Fafito. Now, he's been pretty quiet to start the season. The Gold Coast Titans shock me. They're not utilizing him properly. He's not getting good ball. I mean, he still scored 60 or 70-odd last week. Didn't really do a heap. Against the West Tigers, it's going to be a bit of a flat track. We know that David Fafita eats these up for breakfast. I don't mind him as a VC option against the West Tigers, who uh, they've now lost three games on the trot. They're the only team without a win. They are desperate. But coming into this game without Stefano and without Jackson Hastings still, uh, this one's going to be really tough for the Tigers. It's also up there on the Gold Coast. Uh, as per every single one of these games, I'm recording this on Tuesday night, obviously. Thursday, you need to be looking at the weather report and see uh, where it's raining and whatnot and the conditions these guys are going to be playing in. So you need to keep an eye on that for Dave Fafita. Uh, we've then got the Cronulla Sharks taking on the Newcastle Knights. Now, as I said before, I think that Newcastle will defend well against Cronulla. I think they're a very good defensive side. I look at them last week. They played a lot of that game with 12 players on the field. They only missed, I think it was 16 tackles, which was the third least of any team of the entire round. And they were playing with 12 against the defending premiers, the Penrith Panthers, who are pretty damn handy. Newcastle, their defense is very good. I think they will give the Cronulla Sharks some worries here. And as I said, check the weather report for this one. But... Seemingly, Nico Hines plays better in the wet than he does in the rain. I think uh, was uh, was Kemby calling him Aquaman this week or something ridiculous? Yeah, he called, it, called him Aquaman because his hair, Aquaman. his wet hair, got even wetter. Good God, he absolutely brained it last week. So, and once again, I might be a little bit biased here because I don't have Nico Hines. I'd be very interested to hear what Tim would say about Nico Hines. I don't have any mailers from him as far as captain goes, but uh, I don't have Hines, so it's not an option I'll have to make. But if the weather is good, something for you guys to consider. But don't underestimate this Newcastle Knights side like some people did all preseason. Uh, Nathan Cleary taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now, as I said before, his last over the last two years, Nathan Cleary against this side, he's averaged 125 points. South Sydney, they are a pretty good defensive side. They have been good. Uh, I personally think this is the sort of game that Nathan Cleary could score big in. I wouldn't dare captain him. It is his first game back. I understand all that, but... I would consider putting a VC on him. South Sydney, that was a big game for them last week. Their first win of the season, getting up against the Sydney Roosters. Uh, this Panther side, they're a very good defensive side. They could frustrate South, South Sydney, a tired South Sydney side coming off a big win last week. We'll see how that one plays out. I would potentially think about VCing Cleary. I probably will because I'm going to be one of the few that has him, uh, but I wouldn't dare put the C on him. Now, this one's interesting. Uh, Tommy Trevojevic versus the Canberra Raiders down there in Mudgee. Uh, I mean, I can't get a read on it either of these two teams. Canberra, they look like the worst team in the competition in the first half. They look like the best team in the competition the second half. Uh, the week before, round one, they beat the Cronulla Sharks. Round two, they get dusted by the Cowboys by a heap. 
No idea which Raiders side is going to show up here. And to be honest with you, no idea which Turbo side is going to show up, which Manly side is going to show up here. I thought Turbo, Turbo looked a little bit better last week. I think if it wasn't for the conditions at Brookvale Oval, I think he probably could have scored a few more points. What I will say, and I'm not a Turbo owner, but if you are, and assuming you're still holding if you haven't sold him this week and fallen on your sword, if it is dry and mudgy, he probably is my pick of the week, to be honest with you. If it is wet, uh, that changes things and makes things difficult once again. We've then got the Sydney Roosters taking on the North Queensland Cowboys. That one comes from North Queensland, the Cowboys. In defense, they've been sensational. Haven't conceded many points off the top of my head. I don't think it'd be more than 22 or 24 points. They've been very good to start the season. I think we said on Bloke in a Bar the other day, it's their best start ever, I think since 98 or something crazy like that. So they are defending well. Teddy, last week against South Sydney, you could tell he was a little bit frustrated. He was sort of trying to overplay his hand a little bit. Uh, you're brave to bet against Teddy, but I'm going to give credit to the Cowboys and to the Newcastle Knights. Their defense has been great to start the season. Uh, they'll be trying to shut down shut down Nico Hines and James Tedesco in these games. They're the two main guys in both sides. So I'm not overly confident in either of those. One guy I am pretty confident is Ryan Pappenhausen. Now, Canterbury, uh, their defense has been good to start the season. I'm not denying that, but they have played... A lot of wet weather games. I'm not overly convinced on Canterbury just yet. Uh, they're hanging in games. They're, they're tenacious. But when you get this Melbourne Storm side with Hughes, Munster, Harry Grant, Brandon Smith, uh, you'll have Pappy goal kicking there as well. It's an Amy Park. Uh, I mean, I really like Pappy this week. I've got him in my draft team. I know he's going to be my captain this week, and I'm pretty sure uh, he will be my classic captain this week as well. So for me, if you've got Turbo and it's not pissing down in Mudgy this week, I really like that play. But Pappy down there in Melbourne. Check the weather report once again, but even if it is raining, I still back uh, the Melbourne Storm to put on a good performance down there against the Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, guys, best of luck this weekend. As we said off the very top, we wish Timmy Williams and all of his family all the very best during this tough time. We look forward to having him back on my right-hand side. I believe we might have another guest joining us next week, someone else from the Supercoach Playbook, so stay tuned for that update as we go. I'm sure you're sick of me and Maddie completely winging this whole thing off our head. Uh, best of luck this weekend in your Supercoach team. Make sure you get out and grab a case of Bloke in a Bar, the best beer in sport, the beer of rugby league. Absolutely love it. Jump out, grab a case this weekend, and we'll see you next week on Beers and Breakevens. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.